Thanks for joining us on the JX today. We're into a new month and into the heart of growing season just like that. It seems like a really good time to make contact once again with our resident master gardener, Lynn Kunstman, for another segment of Garden for Life. Lynn, welcome back to the Jefferson Exchange. Oh, very happy to be here. So let's talk first about uh, about the shift we have to make at this point in the year because we're getting into much warmer days. The rain is pretty much behind us. Uh, and, and I realized I caught myself a little flat-footed with gardening because, you know, it had been raining so much I didn't bother to put soaker hoses out. And then it was like, oh, I need to do that, don't I? Oh, everything's scorching now. Yeah, it was that instant flip to summer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like we're just skipping spring. And yeah. going straight into 90-degree days, yeah, which is kind of shocking to the plants that are out in our yard. Or if you hadn't put your plants out and then you tried to do it during that heat, uh, that really uh, sets them back and causes them to suffer. So uh, important on those really hot days, if you're planting anything, that you maybe give it some shade at, during the hottest part of the day. If the days, you know, the temps are up at 90 degrees. This is really not the best time of year to be actually sticking things into the ground. But um, that said, if you don't have your summer garden in, it, you can still get it in between now and even mid-June. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, watch the weather, watch for the coolest days and try and transplant stuff out then. But if you're putting it out in the heat, make sure you water it in well and maybe give it a little shade under a flower pot. For the hot part of the afternoon. So that is and a fairly narrow window, go. isn't it? I mean, because, you know, the mm-hmm. last frost date for Medford, I think, is May 18th. And then, you know, you're... Yeah. Saying, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And, and you know, you can you can certainly keep planting things like um, bush beans and um, squash. Although, why you would want to... I mean, we actually do do um, two plantings of zucchini, one early that then I have to fight the squash bugs for, and then another one later in the season because usually the first zucchini vines have spent themselves by the time I'm ready to make salsa with zucchini in the fall. So um, we, we make a, a second planting sometime around, I don't know, early July of zucchini. So you can do things like corn, beans, um, squash further into the summer, but uh, everything else should be in, you know, by mid-June. But I, no, I, no, I noticed with uh, cucumbers, too, because I planted those this year, that they suggest rotations. You can do, like, another planting three weeks, three weeks, three weeks, until the middle of summer. Right. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the type of cucumber, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, it, you know, for people who want to make a lot of pickles or, uh, you know, just like really like eating a lot of cucumbers, then, yes, you can. Because the vines, those, those vines expend themselves pretty rapidly, you know, those squash vines, um, because they are making um, seed. Uh, even if it's that tender young seed inside a cucumber or a zucchini, they're, they're producing um, what they think uh, they need to do to, re- to, to, you know, be able to grow again the following year as a new plant. And so they, the, the vines themselves really get expended um, during that production of those fruits. So, yeah, it's not a bad idea to, you know, leave yourself some room in the garden to put some of those things in so that you can get the season to last longer, especially since our fall seasons are going so late now. Oh, that's true, yeah. Mm -hmm. We didn't have frost until, I don't think, 
at our house, we had it until November, you know? Mm -hmm. So that means you've got a whole, I mean, it used to be like October 20th was our usual first frost date, but we, we've, we've gotten like, we've bumped a couple weeks out now. So, um, you know, seasons are extending, and people can take advantage of that. All right, uh, Garden for Life is the is the is the segment here on the Jefferson Exchange with Lynn Kunstman from Jackson County Master Gardeners. We did pre-record this. If you want to get some stuff in in the way of questions for Lynn for future editions of this, then send those to jx at jeffnet.org. Now, you were talking about uh, uh, planting new new vines and stuff, or planting new squash to, because the other vines are getting uh, expended, but but it reminds me, too, that I've been working with some more plants myself this year that where, where there are some trimming and thinning processes to go on. It's like, you know, when this stuff comes in and it's two inches tall and you got four plants, pick the best two and get rid of the other two. Right. So some decisions you have sure. to make uh, along the way. Yeah, so so there's that. You know, you you you, you probably are going to start more than you can ever use in your yard, <laughs> and and it's really especially if you're planting row crops like carrots or beets or those kinds of things. You sow really thickly, then you really need to be brutal about thinning those out to the correct spacing so that you get proper growth. Um, and so thinning plants is is really quite necessary if you want to get good production from the ones you're leaving in the soil. Um, you've got to give them the room that they require. So read those seed packets really carefully. It's that That's the best advice I can give to people is look at those seed packets and follow those instructions. Yeah, get your reading glasses if necessary because they, they tend to be kind of small, but yeah, they are very detailed in spacing miniature, and in timing and all that. Miniature... <laughs> font yeah yeah you get a big magnifying glass and yeah and and uh uh you know i know i know some seed packets are better at giving information than others i know botanical interest if you're buying their seeds those envelopes open up and there's a whole like book on the inside oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they print the inside uh of the seed packet so there's lots of information and and that's good information that that um, people should read and follow the instructions. Yeah, I've noticed the ones that say, you know, planted a third of an inch deep and make sure they're spaced 18 inches apart. But then it says, right. but the the basic instruction says, plant a few seeds. It's like, how right. many is a few? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, three at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, the reason is you, you want to make sure there's at least some germination in that spot, right? If you're actually feeding something like bell peppers out in the garden, you don't want to just plant one seed every 24 inches mm-hmm. because if you don't get germination or the earwigs come by and, you know, eat what you put in, uh, you want to make sure you've got some insurance there. And I mean, you can always thin back to one, the mm-hmm. most vigorous plant. So, yeah. yeah. So some some choices yeah you have to make. I mean, if you're getting mm-hmm. too attached to your babies in the garden, you're going to have to figure out a couple. It's like, no, nope, we're not just not doing as much. You got to go. <laughs> you got to go. Be brutal. You got to be brutal. <laughs> yeah, talk about uh, that. That uh, you'd mentioned, if in case the earwigs come, um, and we can certainly spend the whole time talking about pests or bugs or whatever. Oh but, my God. Uh, but the yeah. fact is that um, we had talked about this before. That it, it, sometimes you do want to have some stuff nearby that it's like, okay, these are yours, and these are for me. Yeah, sure. You can you can do things like plant trap crops around your garden. 
um, to try and, and draw them away, things like radishes, which come up really quickly and, um, you know, give them something to eat while your other vegetables are, you know, inside the garden fence uh, <laughs> trying to trying to get up and away. Um, um, nasturtiums also work as a trap crop, um, so they can they can actually attract some of those pests away from your um, from your vegetables. Um, with earwigs, you know, I because I recommend that people keep mulch on the soil. It's really hard to have them not be in your yard where you're growing your your vegetables. And I I tend to use when I transplant something into my garden, and I grow things from transplants, not from seed, for just that reason. I know I've got a lot of little critters out there, and they're voracious, and I have better luck if I plant a transplant, you know, rather than trying to seed directly. Uh Um, And I use, I I always put Plugo Plus around because it takes care of not only snails and slugs, but the earwigs as well. And so I don't have those kinds of problems because... We just know we, we've got those in our yard, and, um, and we'll just give them the bait to eat. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is yours, guys. Take it away. Yeah, you have fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, some of the stuff I was planning this year was talking about uh, make a hill, make a hill like you know nine to twelve inches deep. And I noticed this right. June is also the month you want to hill potatoes. Why? Why hills for some things? Yeah, the, you know the squash. Um, Generally, squash grow in, in a mound. I mean, it, 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 a squash in the wild would would rot in place, and that would create compost that then the seeds the following year would spring out of. And so a hill is kind of a natural um, condition that squash are used to growing in. And it plus, it, it allows you to add a lot of compost. They're very heavy feeders. And so creating a hill of, you know, good composted soil gives them a good solid footing and um, and an ability to get down their roots down. They don't have really strong roots, and so you want to give them nice fluffy soil um, to get them established and um, let them feed well. Mm-hmm. So that's you know I mean that's my understanding for squash and with the potatoes that's a that's a different issue. Killing potatoes is because as you push soil back up along the stems that have grown up from, you know, your original seed potatoes, the stems are going to create tubers all along the stems that you bury. And so you're just mounding up to create more potatoes. Um, so, um, yeah, it's real important to hill your potatoes uh, so that you get a good, a good robust crop. So I was all proud of myself when I'd uh, taken the weed whacker to the outside of the raised beds and everything and gotten things all cleared up. And I had grass plants growing again, like uh, the next day, I think. I mean, is there any? Uh, is, I mean, so, so you're the yeah. master. What's the technique? I mean, do you do anything that just weeds you know, gets everything for a while anyway? I, you know, I, I, I have a horrible problem in my yard with Bermuda grass, which really you cannot weed whack and you cannot. Uh-huh. I use I use like the horticultural vinegar spray, uh-huh. which will kill the top of the plant, but it certainly doesn't kill the roots. Um, and so I have stuff coming back all the time. I, I do a lot of pulling, um, certainly of the annual grasses. I pull them out. I try to get to them before they go to seed, but um, <laughs> I never manage to. And then, of course, 
uh, the, the seeds have burst and they're all over the yard. So the oh. seed bank in my yard is robust, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, we have a Very great foxtail collection of our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I just do pulling. I weed whack when I can and let it dry out if I'm not irrigating that area. But, of course, if it's in a garden, of course you're watering, yeah. you know, and it's just going to come back. I've got dead metal and, um, you know, uh, yellow nutsedge and Bermuda grass and all. Oh, it's, it's a my my yard's a nightmare, but um, but I'm not. I don't want to use poisons, so I you know I'm not going to use things like Roundup and um, you know weed killer and those kinds of things. Um, certainly not in my food garden, and and usually not anywhere around where I've got pollinator plants, which is most of the rest of my yard. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, it's it's really tough, and it's and it's um, it's it's physical, it's manual labor, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what's your tool of choice, though? Because I've been using a screwdriver to get some of the deeper roots. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, a hoary knife. Ah, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. A hoary hoary knife. Yeah, the yeah. hoary knife is is such a great tool because it's got one serrated edge, it's got one sharp edge, and and it. You can use it like a trowel and a digging tool and a and a weed prier. Um, it's it's great, and it also has a little cutting thing. If you've got twine that you're tying up plants with, you can actually cut your twine on the little oh. sharpened hook mm-hmm. up near the handle. I mean, it's a it's a great all-purpose hand tool. Um, I just really think everybody should have one. Um, okay, that's on terrific. my list. And, it, and yeah. it can get down deep. It's you know, the blade is probably nine, ten inches long, and and so you can get down to get out some of those big, long roots. Um, of course, if they're tap roots, mm-hmm. they're you know, if you don't get every single bit of it, oh, um, yep. yeah, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna come, come back. back. But yeah, mm-hmm. but right. you know, if you can keep the things from photosynthesizing, if you can keep the tops cut down or smothered in some way. Um, and then, then the roots will die eventually, even Bermuda grass that will happen with, you know, you keep it buried long enough. It can't, it can't photosynthesize and it, and the roots can't live. So So, Lynn, we got um, about 30 seconds left, uh, to talk about how spring garden fair went and, uh, and what you got coming up next. Yeah, we brought in, um, about a, a ton of money at spring garden fair in one day. It was really a success out there at the extension service. And we are having a June 24th uh, native plant sale uh, from 9 to 2 on Saturday, June 24th. And we hope to see people out there at that. All right. Lynn Kunzman from Jackson County Master Gardeners joining us once again for Garden for Life. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Since we record the segments now, we can't take live questions, but send them along for next time. I'll keep your question ready for our next chat with Lynn. Send it along to jx at jeffnet.org, subject line Garden for Life, or just gardening. It's break time on the Jefferson Exchange. We'll be back here on JPR. JPR.